This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 6th, 2019. Harvest, Confession Reaps Freedom. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Harvest Month as we explore reaping what we sow this month of October. This morning we're going to look at Confession Reaps Freedom. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for coming today. We're honored that you set aside some time to be here. We also want to welcome those of you who are joining us on Facebook Live. You are part of us and we are delighted that you are joining us online as well. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's no accident that anyone is here this morning, either online or in this place at 4744 Summit Bridge Road. God, you have a big mission for us to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. And today we're going to talk about harvesting that new life as we look at confession, reaping freedom. We give this time to you. Remove any distractions so that we can focus in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You reap what you sow. We find Paul sharing that in the letter to the church at Galatia. It's the book we call Galatians in the New Testament, second part of the Bible. Here's the full, uh, the full um, scripture as paraphrased by Eugene Peterson in the message. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. Say harvest. 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 The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God Letting God's Spirit do the growth work in him harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. And so we reap what we sow. We harvest what we plant. For today's message, we decided to start with what we want to reap, and then we'll work backwards to discover what we must sow, what we must plant in order to get the harvest that we're hoping for. So this week, we want to reap freedom. Say freedom. Freedom, absolutely. Freedom from bondage, freedom from slavery, freedom from imprisonment of sin. We read in the Bible, in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 34, Jesus tells us that whoever sins is a slave to sin, and also in Romans 3.23, we read, and the Apostle Paul wrote this, all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And so we're all slaves. We're all in bondage. We're all imprisoned by this thing that we call sin. What is sin? Today our working definition is that Sin is when we separate ourselves from God and others through our words and through our actions by what we say or what we do. Sin is when we say or do the opposite of what God would want us to do. And here's the definition that we really like 
the most right now. It's when we settle for less than God's best. When we settle for less than God's best. Sin enslaves us. It keeps us from realizing what God has in store of us when God first thought of us. It keeps us from fully realizing God's glory in our lives. And so the question is, what must we sow in order to reap this freedom? I mean, the, Jesus died to free us from our sin. We, we know that. His death on the cross, the ultimate sacrifice, has already paid the price of sin. As Paul shares with us uh, again in Romans, but now it's six, chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen to that. And so there's nothing more we need to do, right? Nothing more we can do in order to be saved, in order to realize this freedom from sin in our lives, other than that first step of recognizing and admitting that we are sinners in need of God's saving grace through Jesus Christ. Amen. Say, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I, need a I need a Savior. And if you didn't just say that, I hate to tell you, but you're wrong. <laughs> We're all sinners, as we just shared, and we all need a Savior. And, and the thing is, we can't save ourselves, and we can't save one another. There's nothing we can do to bring about our salvation. Jesus has already done everything that's necessary. So it's not what we can do, but it's what he did. It's what he's done. But we got to realize, we got to realize our need for forgiveness. And in order to realize that need, we must admit that we are sinners, sinners in need of a Savior. And so what we're doing, the word for that is confession. Say confession. confession. Yeah, confession, to flat out admit that we've messed up. To flat out admit the sin in our lives, to ask God to forgive that us for that, to lead us to higher ground, to a place, to a new direction. New direction, that's what repentance is. It's one thing to say, I'm sorry, God, but to go in a new direction, to really give our heart, to give it a try, to go in this new place and to admit that we can't save ourselves, that we're going to give up all thought that we know what's best for us. Because God does. God does. That confession piece is admitting who we are and whose we are, and it forces me to clearly see who I am and realize that his death on the cross was so that I could be cleansed and free and have new life, and that's why he died for you too. I can't ignore my sin. We try. We try to shove it away. We try to shove it under a carpet. And then, as we said last week, we just trip and fall on the lumps. We try. We can't cover it up. Maybe for a little while, but it really does end up kind of backfiring. Confession is what is so important to realize freedom. And so speaking of confession, I'll give you confession. The other day, I finally fixed a toilet that had been a messed up for a while. It was one of these toilets that one time you flush it, and it's fine. It fills up, and the next time, 
it does, it just keeps running. And it always is at like one in the morning when it does like, that. Alan, it's running. You know, you, so you shut the water off because you don't feel like trying to fix it at one in the morning. Then when you turn it back on, it's fine. It's, uh, you know, so finally she said, can you fix the toilet this week? I said, yeah, I have some time. And I was fortunate because my grandson was with me, Jacob, and he was a great help. We were able to work on that together. And I tried to do a little bit before this or that. I gutted the thing, all the parts, brand, whole new pack from Lowe's, you know, the, the, full, the full load there, brand new. We put it all in, checked for leaks, and everything was good to go. Or so we thought. And then at dinner time, this was in the afternoon, we're there around the island in the kitchen, and yeah. Carrie says, what's that? And I'm thinking, it's the light. Huh? There's a little thing in there that needs but I'd notice that before. No, no. It was these dark lines that just happened to go along the, the seams of the drywall. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and one they, just happened to be can see it. right under the toilet. That's right under the toilet. Along with a little bonus patch. We there. also had company for dinner. When well, that all wasn't this was the only one there. There were about four other. I mean, there were some others. It was. Yeah. And company. So obviously, we had a problem, right? So I go back upstairs and I look for the leak and I can't find it. Now, that's one thing to have a leak, was another thing to not be able to find it. I'm thinking, oh, great. When I unscrewed some of uh, the supply, did I break it off down in the floor? That'd be cute. So I thought, well, maybe some water leaked and. That's a significant amount, though, for that, and it's run across some other places. So I said, okay, let's see what it looks like in the morning. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. It was a little bit more, you know, just another half oh, inch around the stain. Just wasn't too bad. I mean, you don't have to fix it anyway. So I go back, and I said, i got to find this leak, and I finally found it. It was unbelievable. The supply to the toilet has a valve on, and above the valve, it had just, I could see a, one little drip. I wiped it with the cloth, and another drip appeared. And so, and I know those drips weren't just sitting there waiting for me to wipe them, you know? They were dripping, and, and here's why I couldn't see it, because they were going down the pipe, right down to, in through the very narrow hole that the pipe comes up through the floor, and then it runs across to find the lowest place to then, you know. Plus, you know, you put the tank on the back, and if you don't crank it down just enough, there's a little tiny bit of seep. It's just enough for you not to see until you're downstairs in the kitchen. <laughs> and it's coming through the ceiling. So anyway, I tightened it all up this time and said, okay, well, we'll have to wait and see because if it, the only way you know is it dries up. And it did. It all dried up. But, you know, when it dries up, it leaves a little dark brown line just to remind you of just how far the water got. Can I get an amen here from anybody who's had, all right, I'm not alone in this. Good. I thought ours was the only house in the world that had ever had a leak there from the upstairs to the kitchen. All right. So the leak is done. The leak's fixed. We're all finished. Yeah. 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 Not, not so. So Hold on. why Hold are on. we sharing our plumbing problems with you this morning? Well, I just want to make it personal today. <laughs> there is a reason because this <laughs> preaches. In fact, when I looked up at the ceiling, I thought, this will preach. This is really right on time. I already had it preached out. <laughs> All right. You know, there wasn't much water leaking, little bit, and then drip. One drop at a time. By drip by drip, it was enough to cause a major problem with the ceiling in the kitchen. 
if it's left unattended. It's easy for you to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> so this is just like the sin in our lives. It's just mm. like the sin in our lives. It's not a question of how little. Sin is sin. Even a little bit can cause major problems in our lives if left unattended. Even a little bit will enslave us. Isn't that incredible? The lengths God will go so you can have an example for Sunday morning. <laughs> so now, even after I said the leak's fixed, right? Tell you, leak is fixed. Leak is fixed. And, and the ceiling's dried out except for that nasty reminder of how far the water got to. An ugly reminder, a really ugly reminder of that leak from the bathroom. Brown marks on the ceiling. They're not going to go away on their own, are they? I could pray from now till the end of time, and they're not going to go away, are they? No. Hmm. Even when we stop it, they're still... See, it's like sin. It's like sin in our lives. Ugly, unattractive. And even when we stop, there's still consequences, aren't there? That's not, you know, God doesn't wave a magic wand. He'll forgive us our sin, but he doesn't wave a magic wand and say, okay, everything you did, there's going to be no repercussions. No, no, no. We, we, we end up paying for sometimes for that sin, don't we? Now, it's not the price for salvation. We don't have that much. That's already been paid. And so I can't ignore those stains, though, on the ceiling, can I? I could, but <laughs> I could pretend they're not there. I could even paint over them. Who here has ever painted regular paint and painted over a stain? Worked, Brian, right? right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Doesn't do any good. You're just wasting time and paint and energy because the stain's going to come through that regular paint. It comes right through to remind us of the leak that was there. It's like when we try to ignore our sin, right? We try to ignore it. Pretend it's not there. We go on our merry little way, act like we've done nothing wrong. Sooner or later, it's going to come through. <laughs> Reminding us that stain in our lives. Reminding us of that pain of separation from God and those around us. Now, here's the good news. There's a special ceiling paint, right? And what's it called? Kills. There's also another one called bullseye, I think. It's a little cheaper, by the way. But if you spray that on first, it covers the stain, and then you can paint it over with your, your regular paint. And uh, it's kind of like, like confession for sin. You know, using this paint like a confession, the stain is real. You're admitting that the stain is real, that it can't be ignored, and it must be dealt with before you can put your real paint on top there, before you can put on your final coat, before you can move on with your life. And so the sin in our lives starts with confession, with realizing what's going on. We can't ignore it. We've got to deal with it in order to realize full um, relationship with God in our lives. And that's why he came for us, for all that ugly and all that yuck. That's why he came. He didn't come for the perfect. He's perfect. 
He came for us. And we can never truly realize that freedom, that peace, that awesomeness that we have in that relationship with God without confessing our sin, confessing the darkness in our hearts, confessing those things that, that we've done. That, and we can't save ourselves. You know, it's so dangerous to think that, you know, I can take care of some things myself. No, God is the one that, that cleanses me from the inside out. I can't do that for myself. And we can't do that for others either. We sure do try. But it's so important, that confession piece, that realization of who we are and whose we are. You know, God's timing is incredible. I'm reading this uh, devotional, daily devotional, New Morning Mercies by a guy named Paul David Tripp. One of the uh, entries for this week, October 2nd, um, is incredible. Um, in, in, in the first part of, of, of the October 2nd sharing, uh, or the second devotional, Tripp shares that all too often we tend to minimize our own sin. <laughs> and we tend to look more closely and harshly at the sin of others. Now, that's probably not true for anybody here, but I guess that's people he's talking about that he knows outside of Connection Church. Not. Um, you know, we tend to look more closely and harshly at the sin of others, tend to be hyper-aware of the weaknesses of those living near us while we appear to be functionally blind to our own. I'll, I'll admit that, absolutely, on myself. Check out what Tripp goes on to say here. He says, now this outward concern slash inward denial dynamic is not okay. Blindness to your own sin is a denial of the presence of personal spiritual need. Such a denial always leads to a devaluing of and a resistance to God's grace. Denying your need for grace and underestimating the power of what that grace can do never, ever leads to anything good. Wow. Wow. And so instead of looking around and judging others and their shortcomings or their sin, our best move is to look in the mirror and to deal with ourselves and to confess, to humbly confess that we're not perfect either, that there are gaps, and that we hurt each other at times, that we need somebody to pull us out of that ditch, out of that muck, out of that mire. And his name is Jesus. Jesus is the one, and he offers us his very life. He sacrificed his life on the cross so that he could show us the depth and the height and the width of his love for us. Tripp finishes the devotional <laughs> by saying... Here's what he says. He says, the admission of sin doesn't lead you somewhere dark and depressing. Because you know you've been given grace that is greater than your sin, and your celebration of grace is real and heartfelt, because it's done in the context of your confession of the very sin that grace addresses. Confession of sin without the celebration of grace leads to guilt, self-loathing, timidity, 
and spiritual paralysis. Embracing grace without the admission of sin leads to confident theological always rightism. I love that. Always rightism. But does not result in change in your heart and life. So today, refuse to minimize your sin. Reject the temptation to devalue grace and run to Jesus weeping and celebrating at the same time. Weeping and celebrating at the same time. (laughs) And it starts with confession. Confession is not what saves us. Confession is our admission of sin, our realization of our need, our need for a personal relationship with the one who can save us, the one who died on the cross for us, paying the price, exchanging his life for ours, a price that we are unable unable to pay and it gives us hope and we have life and we have freedom through confession freedom from bondage freedom from slavery freedom from imprisonment confession reaps freedom thank you for joining us for our podcast for more information about connection community church in middletown delaware please visit our website at just show up Church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.